0: Welcome to My Turn Podcast, a gaming podcast hosted by extra-competitive siblings, where we have news, reviews, laughs and arguments about games across all genres and formats. My name's Jem and I am joined today by my littlest sibling, Erin.
1: Hi.
0: And my brother from another mother, Tim. Howdy ho. And... On top of that, we are joined by extra special guests, the Horror Hangout podcast. Uh, Say hi, Luke. Hello. And hello, Ben. Hello. (laughs) Thanks for joining us on My Turn Podcast, guys.
2: No worries. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us
0: um and we've got you on for a very very special uh reason we've done a little podcast crossover so we've been on your podcast already Mm -hmm. talking about a classic film from 2005 what was that film guys
3: classic film doom
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we chatted through doom uh, because it is a film based on a video game and today you're on our podcast and we're going to talk about a video game want to tell us what it is ben
2: uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8 because it's got the Roman numerals of the eight in the, in the title village. Oh my in, God, yes it ingenious.
0: has. I, I actually hadn't noticed that. <laughs> 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 Fun fact at the top there. Yeah, so this whole episode is going to be about Resident Evil. Evil, specifically about Resident Evil Village. We are also going to talk about some of the lore that uh, elements of the game are based on. Uh, and we're just going to chat through the whole thing. But before we do, uh, I'd love to hear from uh, Ben and Luke a little bit about yourselves and about the podcast. So what we always do at My Podcast <laughs> is we always start by asking you to describe the thing that we're going to talk about in a nutshell. Um, So if one of you or both of you could, what is Horror Hangout in a nutshell?
3: God, that is a good question. What do you reckon, Lee? (laughs) Uh, Horror Hangout is a... uh, We started out... It's a horror movie review podcast. We started out... We took The Empire magazine's top 50 horror films of all time, and every week we'd we'd work our way through the list and and review them. And then we finished that, and then we just didn't really stop. So now we just review any old horror movie. New, (laughs) old...
0: Doom. <laughs> Doom. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, it's grown into a bit of a
2: monster isn't it well i think we've got 180 episodes down uh we have like get various guests every single every single week so it's pretty exciting we're meeting a lot of interesting people talking about a lot of interesting films and having a lot of fun along yeah. the way
4: yeah.
0: Um and then also it'd be really nice to hear about yourselves individually in a nutshell as well because you both do really cool creative stuff as well. So let's start with you, Luke. Um Luke, who are you in a nutshell? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, my name is Luke Condor. That's Condor spelled with K, K-O-N-D-O-R. Um, I make strange stuff, make scary stuff, make funny stuff. Um if you like podcasts, if you listen to this, go check out our podcast, The Other Stories which is a weekly short story podcast. Um, it's kind of like Black Mirror-esque, I guess, those kind of stories. Um, and we have been doing it for five years now. We're on eight wow. million downloads. We sold the film and TV option a while ago. So it's done really well. It's um, it's kind of kind of our pet project, I guess. It's, uh, yeah. Amazing. It it's a baby.
4: It's your baby, yeah. so you do that together, yeah. Yeah, no, we yeah.
2: Yeah, there's there's loads of us who do it now, don't there? It started off as just four of us um, writing stories and publishing them as, as short, short fiction every, every Monday in podcast form. And now it's absolutely loads of people involved, writers, narrators,
3: editors. I think there's yeah. about 30 people now. Wow. Um, yeah, all based around the world, yeah.
0: Amazing. And Ben, do you have any like little nut crumbs that you want to add to your your side of the you <laughs> in a nut
3: nutshell?
2: Do, do I have nut, nut crumbs? crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll
0: sprinkle sprinkle nut some of my crumb- nut
2: crumbs. Wait,
0: wait. Sprinkles? Sprinkles. That's what I'm going
2: for. <laughs> <laughs> nut sprinkles. Um, so, uh, so I guess I'll just describe myself in a, in a nutshell. Uh, how yeah. would I describe myself? So I'm a writer podcaster, graphic designer, horror fan, slash aficionado, I'd say. <laughs> uh, I'm an avid gamer. I'm a collector of, like, game stuff as well, like mainly all things Ooh. PlayStation. Uh, relevant, Pretty I'm nice. a huge, huge Resident Evil fan. Uh, mm. And by that, I mean I like the games a lot, not that I'm, like, seven foot tall. Because I'm... <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, that's me, I guess. Nut Crumbs.
0: No, I'm yeah. sorry. Sometimes my brain doesn't work, you guys. It can get it can get interesting when I talk sometimes. Um, yeah, but great. Okay. That's a nice place to segue into uh the subject of the day, Resident Evil. So uh talk to us about your relationship with the series before this game. So I think Ben, like you have touched on it, you're you're quite a big
2: fan. I'm quite a big fan, yeah. <laughs> um, I would say it's definitely it's my f- number one favourite. Game and franchise and it always has been since i played the first one in 1996 uh i went to the virgin megastore to pick up <laughs> resident evil one and i took a friend with me who was a slightly taller because it was 15 rated and <laughs> i was what What was i 11 so i was like you go up to the desk and buy this game and he was like i don't want to and he chickened out so i had to go up and buy this 15 rated game on ps1 and they sold it to me uh <laughs> so and I've not looked back since then I've it's my favorite franchise I've bought every game it's one one of the only game in franchises where I would buy the game on release day I don't tend to do that with much it tends to be mm. Resident Evil really make an event of that um yeah I think I've played every single game um and it's sort of shaped my love for horror as well because my love for horror movies has kind of like gone alongside that um ah. and I think it and I think it is from playing stuff like Resident Evil from such a young age and sort of yeah, I'm surprised that you
3: um, could play that at 11. But I was too scared when I was that young to play Resident Evil. I yeah. could be traumatized I mean, by like, films and stuff. Fine, no problem. But Resident was Evil definitely was scared. so
2: scary. Always had to play it in the day. couldn't Couldn't play it at night time <laughs> ever. Always had to have a friend or family member sitting. <laughs> <and watching. laughs> I used to say it was watching me. Watch me. This game's great. But really, I just was there. I needed the moral support. That you was just it. needed someone
0: whose hand you could touch if you got too scared. Exactly.
2: So could I touch your hand, please? Could I hold hand while I play? Yeah, Quick, go on. I've
0: got nut crumbs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> could I sprinkle my nut crumbs? Don't. Um, and I feel like, my, my experience with the game is sort of fo- that's followed through I followed through all the way all the way
4: to, all the
2: way to like this version because even with this version I needed my girlfriend to like be in the same room with me and watch me play certain parts of this game and I sort of passed it off as because I don't want you to miss anything like I feel like yeah, something really exciting right. is going to happen but really I just needed someone there to you know bounce off of and have that moral support um yeah and there's something i love i love there's something about that that has kind of transcended into horror movies as well like i love experiencing horror games and horror movies with somebody else and seeing their reaction mm. and uh, especially if they react and they're more scared than me yeah. <laughs> i've that off as a win you're scared of that grow up <laughs> when secretly, secretly you're like <laughs> secretly. Oh, god I'm absolutely terrified right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what about you Luke what's your sort of background with the Resident
3: Evil games so like I said I was too scared my my cousin had Resident Evil 1 um, and I used to watch him play a little bit maybe he needed me for moral support I'm not too sure uh, but I I, don't, I just couldn't do it it's, it's just too scary and then I think Resident Evil 4 for the Gamecube Resident Evil 4 is it's more of an action game it's not as scary, uh, so that was kind of my entryway into the into the franchise. Um, and then quite recently, a real I really love Resident Evil. 4, quite recently, I played Resident Evil Seven, maybe a years ago, mm. and that was terrifying. But I managed to kind of push my way through, and it was such an achievement um, that I, I I put it on my CV now. I Evil <laughs> I, it was, I'm just so proud of myself for getting through some of those scary bits. And Resident Evil Eight has some scary bits, but Resident Evil Seven was was next level.
0: Yeah, as someone who didn't play it but watched my partner play it in order to confirm that I definitely wasn't going to play it. <laughs> I completely yeah. relate with relate to that. Um, yeah, so I don't. I know Tim and I haven't really played any before, apart from like had a dip in with. I had a dip in with Resident Evil One. I was I'm a bit older than you guys, so I was about the right age to play it when it came out, or maybe, maybe thereabouts. Um but I, you know, I didn't have a PlayStation, so mm-hmm. it was always like a friend's older brother had it, so we'd play it a little bit. Uh, have you played
1: any before, Aaron? Like a similar kind of thing with you, like around the friend's house. But again, um, I was too shit scared as well. <laughs> <laughs> I find games are just so immersive, especially horror yeah. ones. Like I'm fine with horror films, but oh my God, I was saying to you guys earlier, I played Five Nights at Freddy's the other day and I, yeah. I just couldn't get past the first stage. <laughs> I just didn't want to play anymore. <laughs> yeah. So no, my, yeah. my um, involvement with Resident Evil, I've not really played it before, but...
0: Yeah. And we I don't think I mean, I know for myself, I kind of avoid horror games, even though I love horror films that hmm. I can't. I don't think there's a film that I'm scared of that I can think of. Maybe Event Horizon. But I was quite young when I watched it. But mm-hmm. my memory of that is really quite disturbed. Like I'm like, oh, it gave me nightmares. But like, um, yeah, I'd watch any horror film. But the, the games, I think it's like,
3: yeah, what Aaron's touched on, that it's immersiveness. Because you, yeah. <laughs> it's, be, it's because, like, you have to, pre- like, there's a dark room or and you hear a noise on the other side of it and you have to press forward. Like, yeah. You have to make that. Mm-hmm. And then if you go really, the slower you go, the more difficult. it is. You, if you go, I'll just creep around, you're never going to do it. So you just have to kind of sellotape the forward button down yeah. <laughs> just keep yourself going. It's mm. the only way you can do it.
0: i literally felt like that playing this as well um but i think like the reason i was interested in playing this well you guys suggested it but i would already thought about it because this game it just is packaged in a different way Mm -hmm. um so yeah before we start talking about resident evil village um because you two are more uh, rehearsed in the in the way the games have evolved. What are the different? Because some of them were first person and some of them weren't. Is that right? The older ones.
2: Yeah. So they've so, kind of changed quite a lot over the years. That's what's amazing about this franchise is that it has evolved so much. And it, I mean, it had maybe had a slight dip in quality around about five and six. I think that's kind of the general consensus mm. is that it, there was a slight dip in quality. But apart from that. It's kind of been consistent, even like the spin-off games and the side and the sort of side mission e games have all sort of been received really well. So um obviously the first um first three were the fixed camera angles, uh tank controls. Uh number four was <laughs> over-the-shoulder tank controls. Uh went for the number four was like over-the-shoulder, far more action orientated and that was how five and six kind of worked out. And then Seven went for first person. And I remember sort of finding out it was going first person. I was a bit like, oh no, oh God, really? Like, it doesn't feel like Resident Evil to me, but it's managed to reinvent itself so many times. It's like Madonna, this uh, this (laughs) game game franchise. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's just reinvented itself so many times and always, always been good. And exactly, Seven was one of probably the most popular games in the franchise, and now, obviously, into Eight. They've taken... They're not afraid to take things that work well and just apply them to completely different settings, like the fact that this game is sort of full-on gothic horror. Yeah. And we've seen little sprinklings of that before in the franchise, but never full... We've never seen werewolves, really, in the the franchise before, or vampires and stuff. The fact that they can add that to the franchise, and it kind of fits... It just mm. feels right. It, it feels, even though it doesn't. I was saying, I was saying to Luke before that Resident Evil Village does feels like a sequel to Resident Evil Seven. It's like a spiritual sequel, but really, there's a hell of a lot different. It's a completely different experience, and I feel mm. like that happens with every single installment of the main franchise, every single numbered installment at least.
0: Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, because um, I remember when my partner was playing Seven. He was like, "Like this is the first time I've really wanted to play." Resonate. I think he went back and did the redone really too, uh,
4: which is in the oh, police yeah. station, right? Yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and he enjoyed that as well. But it's just a different game because there was more exploration and puzzling as well as the horror. Um, yeah, so it's yeah, it's really interesting that you're saying they've like, constantly reinvented it the whole time. Mm. Nice. Yeah, that's All right. Well, I think we're ready to start talking about the game, uh, Resident Evil Village. Uh, We're going to do a spoiler free chat through this. Um, But obviously there are certain things like characters and key plot points that aren't like spoilers, but we need to mention. So if you don't want to know anything about the game at all, just turn off now. (laughs) 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 But we'll try and be as like... Spoiler free for all the good bits as we can. Uh, I'm going to hand the reins over to Tim.
1: I think it's why. Should I take over question duties? Because I've yeah. played it the least... I mean, first of all, I'm definitely looking forward to Resident Evil's Kabbalah phase. I think that will be <laughs> <laughs> um, ac- according to your prediction, that it's following Madonna's career path. Um, That's so a
0: Madonna I... reference. Errim is really confused.
1: That's a Madonna reference. <laughs> okay. <thank you. laughs> Madonna is a singer. Who, um... <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, I hands up. I've only played about half an hour of it. So... Um beyond the obvious that I think it's got something to do with, you know, zombies or diseases or something. Explain to me <laughs> what, what is this game in a nutshell?
3: Um well, so it's weird because it it's sort of a sequel to seven. You take yeah. control of Ethan Winters, uh, the character from number seven, who'd been through this horrendous uh event in number seven. He managed to save his wife, Mia. So now we're many years. Later on down the line, we're living in Europe for some reason. It doesn't ever say where in Europe, it just says Europe, and, and imagine Romania or somewhere like that. Yeah. Um, and then he's got a baby on the way called Rose. No, a baby already out, she's yeah. already arrived. Oh god, that's great. Um, yeah. And then they're they're attacked by some military people, and the, the baby's stolen. Mia, this is all in the first. I don't yeah, know.
0: yeah, yeah, I totally spoil this bit. Yeah. That's fine. It's
3: like the intro. <laughs> yeah. And then um, Ethan is taken by Chris Redfield, who's a big character in the franchise. He's a hero from previous uh, entries. And then it's all a bit confusing because we're in a van and then the van crashes for some reason, but not in modern-day Europe, it seems, in a sort of um, Transylvanian-looking little European village full of people in homemade clothes. I don't know how they make those clothes, actually, but you don't buy them from the shop today. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> right, um,
0: yeah. So in terms of like the type of game it is, it's a first person horror, which yeah. also has a lot of um, adventure aspects to it, which I didn't expect. So there's a lot of exploration and adventure. Um, so- and yeah, and as you said, Ben, it's like a very gothic horror in feel. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it keeps the traditional survival horror elements of the game. Um, it kind of takes a lot of the survival horror stuff that it returned to in seven, because, as I said, five and six, bit of a dip in quality. It was very, very action orientated. So in seven, they went back to the survival horror roots. And it seems like this one for at least the first half of the game, I'd say, is very much the same, but just a different mm. type of horror, Whereas seven's mm. like uh, terrifying redneck where are they louisiana that's right yeah here, louisiana Luke. yeah yeah and this one this one's just like full full on over the top camp gothic horror um, <laughs> with vampires werewolves
3: um cre- yeah just like a creepy village full of full of residents i'm be honest, as, I, as that a, was putting me off a little bit at first cuz i really enjoyed really? serpent i wanted more of that kind of really gritty horror stuff that they be quite another entry for the cv but like the, the campy horror stuff um I don't know. I wasn't feeling it, but when I start to play it, I really got into it. It's, yeah, I it's think quite that's the thing. Endearing. Resident
2: Evil seems to be so good at just involving all of these elements. These elements that on the surface seem like they're not at home at, in the franchise, but then as soon as you experience them, you're like, "Well, that's just to- totally Resident Evil. Yeah. That's exactly it." And I mm. think that's why it's what's so good about it. But yeah, it does it does lean into the action stuff later on in the game. Yeah. Um. So it feels like. In terms of like the vibes and the atmosphere, it's very Resident Evil 4 walking into this sort of situation, mm. um, this sort of like foreign in, in this foreign land. Um, we have no idea what the nature of the threat is, and, it, and it, it's like a mystery that you could that kind of unravels throughout your time playing it. So it feels like mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4, but in terms of the gameplay, it's very much like Resident Evil 7, but with yeah, more action.
0: So where you touched on um, the gameplay being more about survival, were, were some of the earlier ones that you you clearly don't like as much, <laughs> which were action heavy, was it like not resource sparse?
2: No, no, no. Because so, this like... game
0: and the last one is quite resource sparse. Certainly this one early on is resource sparse. So you've got to be, mm. yeah, you're constantly like looking for the next round of bullets.
2: Early on, definitely. I mean, that was kind of one of the things that made Resident Evil what it was. The fact that it was resource sp- sparse you had to kind of like really manage your inventory you had like six inventory spot slots in the first game uh if you were chris redfield if you were jill i think you had eight i believe um and in item boxes as well you know dropping keys and other puzzle items in the item box and having to backtrack and return to it and do all that stuff and it just felt like as the games went on they were like actually no here's a bloody here's a rocket launcher one hour into the game, it was a grenade, <laughs> here's a grenade launcher with unlimited grenades. And it just felt like you never ever felt like that fret could actually was actually a problem. It felt like you could deal with any fret that was sort of thrown you away. Whereas with yeah. seven and, and and in a way, this game, you see a certain fret, or you see a certain enemy type, and you're like, What the <laughs> what yeah, the hell am yeah, I gonna yeah. do <laughs> to kill this dude? Like, I've I've not got enough bullets, I've not got enough health, and it's that sort of fear. Mm. i think and it's difficult with modern games because obviously in terms of checkpoints and save spots they're quite Mm. regular and you know if you die you've only got to go back a couple of minutes so that kind of takes away that edge of being worried about dying and having to retrace your steps all over again Mm. in a way i just think with modern games there's not really much you can do about that because that's just the way they are and if they were another way everyone would hate them and be frustrated well
0: i mean yeah i mean there's the obvious games that don't have that so like yeah dark souls and even like the new hades i don't know if you've played hades like that's similar you know you're kind of having to redo stuff all the time but yeah yeah but yeah i take your point that um it does take some of the horror off so then they're having to reinvent and reinvest in the atmospherics and in things like the, the active danger in the gameplay which i think is what they've they've done here
1: yeah Yeah. tell me tell me a bit more about sort of your expectations going into the game maybe how they were um either born out or you found out they weren't true so you said you know the kind of camp camp aesthetic of it and it's had a huge marketing push like I feel I know a lot about this game before I even came to it so did that affect your gameplay did it you know has what was put out there come to pass or actually is the gameplay turned out to be a bit different to what you thought
3: the game the gameplay is pretty much exactly what I thought it would be um the, the the thing that surprised me the most is they have put a load of marketing out. Um I think Lady D, the giant vampire yeah. lady, she's gone a bit viral. Um so she's all over the internet at the minute. And I for, when you go into this game, you think that it's an ice cream van. Yeah, yeah. you've been by
4: an ice
3: cream van. <laughs> oh, it's great. we've got
0: the window open because there's three of us in a tiny room. Yeah. But I mean
1: it's quite spooky though. Yeah, yeah, you can put like pretty a pretty little good. effect over it. Maybe slow it down at this point. Yeah. <laughs>
4: do, 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 do.
1: Sorry, continue. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> there is actually a misplaced jewelry box in this. Well. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Of course, there is.
3: <laughs> so I I was uh, quite surprised by how much more there is. Like that's like the the castle stuff. Without spoiling it, you do get through that quite quickly. Yeah. And then you move on to when I saw that the designer of the game, the director said he wanted the game to be like an amusement park of horror, and that makes so much sense. So you've got like mm. a central hub, and you've got a guy who is kind of your guide, I guess, he kind of the, the shopkeeper guy, and then you've got different places you go to. The castle is only like that's like going to Alton Towers, like the castle there, yeah. And then there's another bit which is like going to the most terrifying escape room that you'll ever <laughs> go to. <another laughs> There is one bit that's, that's so scary. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I haven't finished the end, but I'm in a completely new area that I didn't even know was there. So uh, yeah. I guess, yeah. There's I like four that's...
0: areas, four yeah. main areas, and then the village, which, which does function like a hub. And that's so interesting. You said it is like a theme park. Because, yeah, mm. the Duke, who's kind of your semi-guide, semi-shop, semi guide, semi shop, semi. He with, you, like, yeah, he literally cooks food he's selling yeah. you he's selling you crap you don't need sometimes and food yeah. so it is like a theme park
2: <laughs> i felt like i didn't trust him from the get-go i was a yeah. bit like i'm oh, not yeah. so sure about you mate how what's did you your, get into this other place
3: so quick <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah. i mean it was yeah. like that obviously in resident evil 4 there was a merchant yeah. who kind of like popped up everywhere before any sort of big battle or something and there was sort of an ongoing joke that he was always one step ahead of you. How did you get here so fast? What's your what's your game? And yeah. you kind of but what, they kind of kept it a mystery. So what I quite liked about the Duke is that there was a little bit of he had a little bit of a storyline, there was a little bit of history between him and what he meant to the overall story, but not enough that it was kind of it kind of it took over from the main story, but I did like mm. that. You yeah, know what? I think
1: it would make a great game where you have to play a merchant and you're <laughs> battling through hardships and your objective is to get to the next stage before <laughs> the hero so that <laughs> you can sell him shit oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Tim yeah. you've just
0: pitched Mother Courage the game <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Mother Courage the video game that's true oh, Brecht
0: if you're not aware of it
3: there are enough <laughs> Brecht in video games
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a Brecht play
3: oh uh, okay yeah. all
1: right but,
4: yeah. <laughs>
3: <Okay. stage>. um, <laughs> right,
1: let's let's go back off Brett. that was a that was a cul-de-sac um so <laughs> let's go back to the gameplay tell me is there anything that i might not know about it i've only played the first half hour what about the gameplay is in store that might tempt me to keep playing hmm I'd say
4: for
0: me, um, just quickly, I was just really surprised by how much like exploration and puzzling there was. I yeah. did not expect that. That's just yeah, my little bit. Yeah,
2: I think the the puzzling, the exploration, uh, the treasure hunting, all of that extra stuff that kind of really allowed you to stop there. And and there were moments in the game as well where you were allowed to just stop and take it all in. All mm. in. It wasn't like you're going straight to the next area or fighting the next big crazy monster or or you know hiding from um a vampire family trying to suck your blood it was like there were times where you could just go and explore and not really involve yourself in any sort of the any of the fighting or the gameplay like that Mm. uh which was nice i like that especially with a game that looks so great as well and it just Mm. felt like there was lots to do and i even even after playing through once i still feel like i've probably missed some stuff yeah, so that's kind of in, an incentive for me to go back and play it again.
3: Um, Think about how only... pretty it looks. The set, the, yeah. the the design of like the castle and and the village, it is unreal, unbelievably good. It's uh, the first thing uh, I put together.
1: First thing I noticed as well, we like to do a positives then negatives thing on here to get yeah. us sort of towards a rating. So let's go into the positives, uh, from the bit I played. The first thing I said was, oh, this looks beautiful. It's really nice. Mm. Or the from the, you know, folk kind of tale intro to yeah, then cool. the, yeah, the domesticity. And then as you yeah. say, kind of Eastern European Disneyland. Um, yeah. So what, what are the, talk more about that or any, any other positives that were the highlight for you?
3: Well, I mean. I'm still playing through. This is the same of all the Resident Evil games that I've played, and this is what I think is so great about them. They start out very scary, and you're in a very unfamiliar place, and there's some kind of mystery, and you, you constantly wondering what the hell is going on. And as you and the thing that sort of pulls you through and keeps you um, making brave decisions and, and going into these dark and scary places is because you really want to uncover the mystery. And as you, as you get through and you get more powerful, um, the mystery only gets there more enticing. So right now I'm at the point where I just can't stop playing. I think I played it for like five hours yesterday and I haven't done a gaming session like that in a long time just because it's so engrossing. That's probably the... I guess that's like the narrative design. It's just very well put together, very well paced. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Did you guys play PT, the playable teaser of what was supposed to be the Silent Hills game? Well... Unfortunately, it got cancelled, um, but there was like a demo that went out. What was it? 2016, maybe, Luke, when yeah, PT came like out? Yeah. Uh, and a first person, Hideo Kojima was involved, wasn't he? Was it,
3: Hideo Kojima, H- Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Norman, oh, wow.
2: Norman yeah. Reedus, yeah. So it was almost like a lot of the team involved with Death Stranding before yeah. that ended up getting made. Um, and it's kind of like a, it's a horror, it's a first person horror uh, short, short game, I guess. Short, um, playable teaser. That's what the PT stands for. And you just go through this corridor over and over again. And there are various different elements and different mysteries to solve and items to look at. And you're stalked by a horrific, ghostly figure uh, who who grabbed, who like literally, who scares the absolute crap out of you in more than one way. So it's not like you know when a certain scare is coming. Um, it was horrific. But it feels like when that game got cancelled, everyone was disappointed because they were like, oh, first-person horror game with all these amazing people involved, and it seemed terrifying. It really seems like what Resident Evil did, and I don't know if they did it, they probably didn't, but they just went, that was really popular. Let's definitely have a whole section in this game where it's basically that. Uh, And yeah, Mm. it almost feels like like it's a part of a different game. It does slot in nicely, but there is a certain section without spoiling anything, where that sort of level... Of I mean when Luke said about not wanting to walk forwards into the darkness. Yeah. I had that moment in Resident Evil seven, but I had it in eight several times. Heart pounding, uh palm sweating.
4: Yeah. <laughs> it was
2: uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was horrific. But I just feel like with those horror with those horror experiences and those horror moments, especially in gaming, once I get through them, I am just like I feel like I'm unbeatable then. I'm like right now yeah. come on in game, show me what you got, show me what you got next. Cause I've <laughs> just done that.
3: So it makes you as the player feel pretty great when you when you've achieved that, and then you get loads of, get all your weapons back and stuff, and you're certainly like an amazing hero. But and I, also the main character Ethan goes through a similar experience. This is more in seven, but at the start he's underpowered, he's overwhelmed by everything that's happening, yeah, yeah. and as you go through the game, he progresses with you. He gets more confident. He starts like swearing at the the creatures and like telling them to fuck off. A like, sign of it. confidence. swear. Yeah. <laughs> just like whipping everyone off all the time. Um, but, like he, he starts to get annoyed with the situation and he's like, "Let's." I just need to get my wife back or my baby back. I don't know what he's going to try and get back in the next one. But um, yeah, it's, well. yeah, it, it, it's the parallel there between the player and and the character it is quite well done. Yeah, and get-
0: they've all. That, that like or, or certainly they started like that didn't they and the films were as well like a sense of it's an ordinary character in an extraordinary situation right wasn't that well, how they're, all, yeah. they're
3: always kind of action hero stereotypes weren't they ben oh were they uh, i thought uh, early
0: on they were just like normal people so, if i remember yeah, so them wrong.
2: early on like the first are we talking games or films now games games so, games they were always like special tactics oh, um, and rescue service so I they were always like,
4: like
2: super cops essentially um but ca- but the characters were good because they you, they were resourceful in different ways so in the first games you had chris obviously chris who was in this game as well um and when you start it's got off a really him,
0: nice coat i noticed that yeah, actually it's a, that a
2: lovely coat a lovely coat isn't it and at some point later a turtleneck oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, Chris, you look great. Yeah, no. <laughs> great in a turtleneck. And he was smoking a cigarette at one point. And I thought, who do you think you are?
4: <laughs> but yeah, I
2: guess always in, in all seven was the first one where you were essentially like a normal, a normal uh, was, guy. Okay. I mean, there was like a few spin-off games, like uh, Resident Evil Survivor, which was a first person shooter on PS1, uh, so, sort of almost like time crisis, light guns type thing. Right. Um where you started off as a normal guy, but then it just turned out that you were you'd you um had amnesia and you were a, and you were also a super cop. It's so it's kind of like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the films the films went a little bit nuts with it, where they almost made Alice like Mila Yovovich's yeah. character, um, like basically Neo, some sort yeah. of weird superhero, super powered. and I just don't think that ever really suited the game, and. It was weird because the films and the games, alongside each other, started borrowing things from each other as we got oh, into like five. Okay. As we got into five and six, so that was why I think five and six were maybe a little bit less well received because you know these characters who obviously are great and really resourceful were suddenly doing backflips and flying kicks and oh wow, <laughs> uh, yeah they even made like yeah. the big the big bad Wesker they even made him almost like a Mr Smith character where he was um kind of like just moving. In wearing sunglasses mode, dodging bullets wearing, yeah. wearing sunglasses yeah. it all got a bit silly and i think with resident evil 7 it was like a hard reset to go back to that survival horror and by introducing a character who wasn't super powered had never really held a gun or handled a gun suddenly it's like unbelievable and in eight they kind of do hint that he's had military training ethan yeah just yeah. a casual bit of military <laughs> training on the weekend <laughs>
0: Completely and, uh, missed that if that was it if that was in there.
1: No, it's at the beginning. I I, oh. heard, I heard them say that. Just completely yeah. missed that. So the the positives are that it makes you feel like a badass, but not too much of a badass. A reasonable yeah. level of badass.
0: <laughs> and my positive. <laughs> um is oh sorry
1: i was going to say do you do you want to add another question yeah. before you mutate the conversation into a negative
0: yeah <laughs> uh my positive <laughs> would be that um i i absolutely love the design of the like levels so yeah. by that i mean each realm because of the four the village was cool but the village was not something i haven't seen before hmm. but the actual like the four kind of levels that you then branch into were all just so well designed and so distinct from each other, but all having this common thread of basically feeling like a giant escape room or one of them, like a small escape room. But Mm. yeah, they, they had this sort of really cool level design. Um, And like the last one is almost a labyrinth even. Mm. So that that I just found that really surprising, really cool, and also it really excited my sort of the the brain that I like to use in more open world games, where I have to explore stuff to get the best out of it, was
3: yeah.
0: activated in this, and I was like, well, that just surprised me, and I thought it was a really strong move in terms of the gameplay design, because um, I yeah. didn't expect it.
2: The yeah. interior of Castle Dimitrov oh, yeah. is unbelievable, beautiful. It's, it's, it's strange because again, when I when I talk about the series, kind of referring to older games and sort of pulling, there was when Resident Evil Four was in development, and it they when they didn't make Resident Evil Four, it ended up becoming Devil May Cry. So a lot of the a lot of the designs they had for that they didn't use for Resident Evil Four, but very similar to Castle Dimitrescu, where these oh. in, these beautiful interiors, um, sort of low lit beautiful interiors and. Uh, uh, yeah the gothic sort of look as well looked like that so it was great to see I think if you're a fan of this franchise sometimes it's great to see certain details that perhaps you wouldn't have expected like something like that where you're like oh wow this looks just like a game stunning, that they were going to yeah. make 20 years ago so yeah
4: mm-hmm. Really yeah and
0: it, 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 like my partner and I were playing it at the same time and we both said why aren't there more first-person shooters in beautiful settings do you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's just so gorgeous. Yeah. It just adds something else to it. Mm. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so, yeah. I know you go around smashing vases and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless ming vases. <laughs> well, quite. <laughs> and is there anything that sucked
1: your blood? <laughs> or, in, oh, or in general? <laughs> I, had, I had to get that oh, in, sorry. <laughs>
2: oh. I had to do it.
4: I'll
0: let you guys start, yeah.
2: I mean, without... I don't want to spoil anything and I'm not going to obviously, but the way the mystery unravels throughout the game, uh, sometimes is a bit like, doesn't quite make Mm. all the sense in the world, especially in terms of the actions of a certain character from the start of the game. And when you find out why this person did what they did um, that feels a bit like, really, could there not have been, Mm. a a conversation or something yeah (laughs) and also and and also from a lot of the trailers we fight we see the umbrella logo and there was very little very little from umbrella in resident evil seven it's obviously umbrella for anyone who doesn't know the big evil global corporation pharmaceutical company which is behind all of the bioweapons from the whole series in the films and the games um But yeah, it was very much in the background of Resident Evil 7. Sometimes it's at the forefront of these games. But with Mm. this one, they seem to be like, right, so we've got the logo on some sort of plinth surrounded by other various objects. So, oh, we're going to find out the involvement of Umbrella. Um, Yeah, just a bit disappointed in how that played out and and the way it was kind of explained because it almost felt like we're just going to find out this and we're going to pick it up in a document and it's going to explain it there, aren't we?
4: Yeah. And
2: that's, again, I, I wouldn't say it's a spoiler, but that's kind no. of what we get. It's almost like that didn't have to be in the game. The game would have been exactly the same game without that. So the, in terms of the overarching yeah. lore that connects these games mm. to the franchise, that felt a little bit tacked on and could have it, it could have easily done without it. Yeah, um, I, was, I was hoping for more of a payoff, more of a reveal, but, you know.
0: Yeah, hard agree. Yeah
3: on that exactly that yeah yeah um in terms of stuff that sucked um i'm still playing for it right now i'm kind of rating it quite highly um i am somewhat allergic to over campy stuff in horror like sometimes when especially ethan it feels like he is reacting very like something will happen and then we, as the audience will clock on and go, oh, that must be this, This that means this, that means this. And then Ethan, about five <laughs> seconds later, will go, oh, that means this, that means this. So it feels like he's got an input lag in his brain. Like, there's something <laughs> wrong with Ethan.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, um,
0: I I agree with you, but for a slightly different reason. But before before I, I elaborate on what I think, um, what do you mean by overly campy horror?
3: Well, I don't, I mean, so the reason I love seven so much is because it isn't campy from the top to the bottom, like the grit, like the grittiness of what's in the fridge, like there's like worms and and horrible stuff sliming out of the fridge to so the, the way the characters talk to you, like the, the Baker family with the villains in that. I just love how gritty it felt like you were watching a seventies horror movie. That was, that was almost too, uh, too close to the bone, whereas this when there's like uh <laughs> when you're introduced to all the characters or the villains at the start and they're yeah. kind of dancing around you, yeah. <laughs> i just think that's not scary like that's that's like a cartoon it's too cartoonish i think for me um yeah, but like i said it like... has kind of won me over a bit as i've been playing through it it was just at the start i was a bit which is one reason why i wasn't as enamored by the marketing materials i'd yeah. seen a bit cartoony but it has won me around it to, to some extent. I think it's because the, those villain characters, they're like
2: supervillains, aren't they? And yeah, exactly. In, in, yeah. In, in Resident Evil 7, the threats were never like that. They were just an, essentially a normal but creepy family. And then we find out more and more about what's wrong with them yeah. and all of the different crazy, terrifying abilities they have. Whereas these guys start off as these over-the-top supervillains, almost like a Justice League Dark, all, <laughs> <revealed> <laughs> in front
4: of
2: you, all sat yeah. there sort of telling you their plan. Um, I, I mean, I loved yeah. it. I wasn't. I was. I was there from the start. Like this is. I this is amazing. So I. I was. I didn't really dislike that at all. But I completely understand where Luke's coming from in terms. Yeah. Of this but
0: for, for me coming from somebody who loves fantasy games and like high mm. fantasy worlds, mm. that rela- it relaxed me when they came out sort of showboating their <laughs> plans
4: yeah. and like flashing their relaxed, powers. Though. I
0: was like, uh, yeah. no, no. I mean, in terms of like, I knew I'd enjoy it.
4: Rather yeah, okay. than just oh, okay. hardcore
0: zombies, which is why I haven't played yeah. some of the earlier ones because I hate I I just hate zombies in horror games, especially when it's yeah. first person. It's the it's the biting of your neck and you you can't see any of your body parts as they're being mutilated. You know, yeah. I just can't take it. So so that when I was like, oh yeah, it's high, fa- it's like this kind of high fantasy horror. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. Like it's it's okay yeah. for me.
3: <laughs> what did you think about the even's hands?
0: Yeah, I think we can talk <laughs> about this because it's right at the beginning. But the, the memes of um, Ethan's hands.
3: Yeah. He I loses, because that's the only like, thing we see
0: <laughs> really early on.
3: I, swear, really? I, I, don't, I suppose I don't want to spoil a bit. But I mean, it happened in seven as well. Yeah. Right? I know because that's right. all we can see on the screen. So it's like we have to show him taking damage in some way. Yeah. But like his hands, they get wrecked. But <laughs> to the point where it's like, no, you die of blood loss. But then he has like a medicine suck like some water need. yeah shoves over it and it kind of heals it's really it's really daunting. there's
0: one bit where i was like there's no way that is healing mate but it does like and i'm yeah. i just that was a bit that was a stretch too far for me that there's one again like won't yeah. but there's just a moment where i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you- you just wouldn't have hands anymore, dude. Like I've
4: been through so much, yeah.
0: and also somehow his wedding ring stays on for the whole game.
2: Yeah, on I a little know. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And that was just like, there's no way with all the gore that that, that is yeah. not sliding off. <laughs> or but on yeah. that, so the, the biggest negative for me, and I don't know how you guys felt about this, is um, obviously I had I didn't play seven. I'm aware of it there's a little recap at the beginning plus I watched my partner play it oh yeah
3: yeah
0: I found Ethan's character I guess it's sort of touching on what you said Luke I found his character just so ridiculous in that I just didn't buy that he would say those words yeah like sometimes something really horrific would happen uh, and, you know, and you meet other people who are, like, surviving and struggling. And, you know, something horrific might happen and they're all terrified. And just suddenly, like, Ethan's just had another injury to his hand. But then he's like, it's OK, yeah. I'll help you. You stay mm. here. I'm, and I'm like, dude, look at what just happened to the whole village. You know, yeah. Just just some of the choices on his character just seems so out there compared to the rest of the writing in the game. Yeah. I just didn't buy any of his reactions to anything, ever.
4: <laughs> They've
2: given him sort of, he's coming from the angle, I guess, that he's just sick of this shit, and how is this happen to, happening to him again? Because of Resident Evil 7, he was an outsider who went into this situation and was like, holy shit, what the hell's happening? But then he thought, sort of felt like, well, that was pretty insane, but now I've just got a normal life and a wife and mm. a kid. And and then when when it's all happening again, his attitude is rather than being Terrified or backed into a corner, his attitude is literally just like, "I've had enough of this shit. Why is this mm. happening to me?"
3: I do For think God's I sake. do think it's more consistently realistic in, in Seven. I can't stop comparing it to Seven, I'm afraid. Um, but they, they do That's feel fine. very, they, very. They
0: are kind of yeah, they are related in story.
3: Yeah, just in Seven. So he, uh, his reactions, he, he just looks, he seems like he's found himself at the start in a sort of a slasher situation, with stuck in an evil family's house. And then as the stuff gets more and more ludicrous, he seems to react in tune with it. But yeah, in this one, there's even like there, there's a bit where um some crazy stuff happened in a the house. There's a house on fire and it started burning behind him and he's about to jump off the roof and he's lost half his hand. And he just he says he said he just he makes like a really over the top sort of react. He says, Why or something? He bangs his hand. He's just had it he's missing half. It. He's like banging it against the wall. Like, what are you? It's not, not it's not normal, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, like just pulling levers after he's got a serious hand injury and stuff. And you're yeah, like, I just don't. I can't even buy that you could hold a gun. Like I just don't. There is obviously a
2: moment uh, again. Not going to spoil this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. There's literally <laughs> exactly. no coming back. From what does this mean going forwards in terms of the game? And then it's like it's kind of brushed over, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because I thought when it happens. I was like, oh, cool, right. There's going to be some really interesting game mechanic by which yeah. he can still progress in the game. And then it's like, no, nope, yeah. undone.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like,
0: just so weird.
3: Oh, he's some kind of mutant or something. <laughs> Why has he got that mutant power to heal his <laughs> hand? Yeah, it's, un- it's unbelievable. And. I mean, I'll never forget it. So I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, right.
0: But I mean, yeah, if you if you played the game or even if you haven't, you don't care, like look up some of the Ethan Hand memes. They're pretty funny.
1: (laughs) That's our first recommendation for this uh, summary is go and look up Ethan Hand memes on YouTube. Um, As we start moving towards other recommendations, then who do we who would we recommend this game for? Who is the audience? Is it the regular audience? Is it gonna you know, maybe rope in some new people? Is there anything else we need to know to find the right audience for this game?
2: Um so definitely obviously Resident Evil fans are gonna be are gonna be loving this stuff, but um good obviously mentioning the high fantasy things as well. I think it would ap- apply to yeah. fans of that yeah. as well, more so than any of the other games. I mean, as I said before. Four had a lot of similarities in terms of the cast of villains were very over the top. It was a very similar setting, very similar place. So I mean if you haven't if you liked Resident Evil Village and you haven't played four, definitely go and get four because I think you I think you're definitely gonna love that. And it's available, it's been on like every platform since it was released. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's on PS4 as well, like uh, the HD remasters. So yeah, definitely go and play that. Um, but yeah, it's
3: I think it's for anyone, weirdly. Like it's including children I've Resident Evil Resident Evil 1, actually, I've
2: actually I shown it to my nephews I really shouldn't have done that but, uh, <laughs> I, I just thought I just thought ah they'll be all right with this and we we experience a jump scare together yeah. um, and oh, I'm no. hoping I'm hoping that that jump scare is going to stay with them the same way that the very first Resident Evil jump scare stayed with me, which was in the first game, walking into a corridor and some Cerberus dogs came smashing through the window uh, oh. and I think I threw the controller up in the air. you No, I don't tend to do that very much anymore <laughs> but this there was a jump scare for this one which really really got me and my nephews we we all kind of like almost did a backwards roll at the same time me and my two nephews. we kind of went shit
4: <laughs> well i said shit
2: i said shit one of them might and said they, said sugar.
3: they said, I said sugar
0: <laughs> why is, is the age rating on this because we're adults i like i never look but is it is it fifteen? Must be
3: fifteen. No, know. it's quite gory.
0: Might
2: be eighteen. Might be eighteen. I purposely, I purposely, I purposely showed them and... the game when we were in the village section, and there oh, yeah, wasn't seems to be any off. threat, and I thought there was nothing around, but unfortunately, some lichens popped up. Yeah, let's and, see. Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, I know <laughs> the bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a particular
2: just, moment when you're looking jump for a window,
0: scares, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, that was a good oh bit of that. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck that bit in the face. I was not that
2: expecting
4: was
3: that. <laughs> it's a nice little switcheroo, that. It had you
2: looking 16. for a certain something. 16. This is what I've said before. So I've said to Luke before that I don't really like jump scares. Cheap jump scares are like the bane of my life. I, mm. I hate them, especially when accompanied with... A super loud moment or a squeal of like mm. violins. I'm just like, oh, if there was a sque- if there was if you're watching a Disney Pixar film and there was a loud noise, you jump. So when it's yeah. in horror, I hate it. But with this one, I felt like it was earned because you're exploring somewhere, you found something that was telling you to look somewhere else, and you were in an environment where you're thinking, there's no threats around. This is just a nice explo- explorative moment. And then yeah. you looked looked in a particular area and you got that jump scare. It felt wow. ruined. So I was angry at the game, but at the same time, I was, I was like, I applaud <laughs> you for that.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh jump scares are like the reason I just don't play these kinds of games because it just affects me a lot. I I've shared some videos with you guys of me <laughs> playing this game. Yeah. Like, I I mean, I try and move my entire body away from the, the <laughs> creatures. Like, I'm running around the room. <laughs> like, it's not gonna help, Gem, but I try. Um, but yeah, yeah, they yeah.
2: i I absolutely love that because sometimes with games you can feel like a bit of a passenger sometimes especially with like a cinematic game like this or or sorry just really big like triple a titles um you can feel a bit like a passenger like the game's taking you exactly where you need to go and you're experiencing these beats exactly how they want you to experience them but something like resident evil it just does feel like you're reacting to it and every single moment in a completely different way to somebody else, the way somebody else would, yeah. So I'm completely with you there with moving your body. I mentioned it when we spoke recently where when projectiles come flying at me, I'm always like actually (laughs) ducking. ducking.
0: I know, it's, it's like a really over-exaggerated, uh, you know, Mario Kart turning the controller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, but this is me, like, literally I was running with my legs, even though I was sat down because I wanted to run faster. <laughs> like,
1: my partner's filming me. Have His they st- got, um, what's it called, the Oculus thing for this? The 3D? I don't know.
3: The yeah. Do they, have support for seven? they haven't said anything about this one. I hope they do because it really adds a lot to the immersiveness of it. <laughs> mm. I think seven was almost too much in VR. You, yeah. play, you played seven know. in VR, right, Lick? I played the first hour, and then I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> first hour. There's,
0: there's only so much heart racing your heart can endure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: There were times in this in Resident Evil Eight, I kept times to press pause to like let my yeah. heart calm yeah. down a bit because like this is dangerous. Jeez. I'm gonna have a heart attack.
0: It's actually really good for you though, because you're you're yeah. experiencing like thrills in a safe environment. It's actually like beneficial for your heart.
4: Really?
0: Yeah, that's why people like horror films or like scary rides. And if you, only if you like them though, like if you're someone who will be scared and then laugh afterwards, then it's yeah. re- actually really good for you okay, um, good. if you're someone who is like scared <laughs> and then having nightmares for the next two weeks avoid 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 <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah so as long as you're like like you are now like smiling about afterwards it's it's actually it's the producing most, but... a really good chemical effect in the body
3: well, can yeah, I, I not make horror gyms
1: then
0: yeah
3: yeah, yeah. Horror yeah. Gym. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i think that's like the more sort of noises that come out of me when I'm playing a game, I think the better the game is. Like a journey, I'm going, go, wow, quite a lot. But for this, some of the noises that are coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> <laughs> like I think it just, it just speaks to how engrossed it, it, it sort of makes you. glad you specified mouth, because I was wondering.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's, noises as well. it's recommended for everyone unless you're given to being a nervous wreck in which case spare yourself or
0: you're a child or you're
1: a child i don't condone
0: parents giving and elder people giving children (laughs) who are way too young to be playing at the game um i'd also (laughs) i'd also chip in as someone who's not a fan of zombie games for the reasons i've expressed this can be for you if you like fantasy and like more gothic-y settings because it was for me and i don't normally like these kinds of games so yeah
3: very good. Definitely. I think
1: all that leaves us with is the rating out of 10. But before we do that, as a finale, do you want to learn some more stuff about Romanian folklore? Oh. please? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes! I felt like I hadn't contributed enough to the episode because <laughs> I haven't played very much of it. So I was like, well, I can tell you about Romanian folklore. Uh, I have made notes, though, because Romanian is not my second language. <laughs> um, it's quite... It's quite tricky. It's uh, it's not as phonetic as some of the other lovely languages.
0: So for anyone who hasn't listened to My Turn Podcast before, Tim functions as our resident history expert. Because <laughs> uh, yes. he loves this stuff and particularly like, Resident
1: evil. history and stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. History He's our resident, resident
1: evil, history. evil history expert. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I thought I'd go through kind of your, your basic horror monsters first the witches vampires werewolves etc so probably one of the most famous characters in romanian folklore is mama paduric and she would be very recognizable to you because she's essentially the witch from hansel and gretel um she's described as an ugly mischievous mad old woman living in the forest uh almost all these stories come out of forests out of rural areas and Mm -hmm. forests understandably because forests are scary yeah um she lives in a hut or an old tree uh but she is also said to be the protector of animals and plants and she helps injured animals she just doesn't like people very much (laughs) so she's not entirely evil if you look at it from that perspective she's sort of a forest protector um, and she tries to drive people mad and scare them away to uh, protect the forest. But there are stories about her where um, that is specifically the Hansel and Gretel story where uh, she gets pushed into an oven. Um, by uh by the um, the kid and they are you know trying to find their way through the forest and they discover a bunch of nut crumbs uh, <laughs> <laughs> which will help them get out of the forest and that is performed by an
3: been video yeah,
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's performed by the Zana, who are essentially the romanian equivalent of fairies Um, or or elves and they vary in size and appearance but they can also kind of polymorph to extend it to blend into their surroundings uh, and camouflage they appear openly in the woods and they try to get travelers to follow them to find their way out and these fairies in the stories are known to give um, like bestow great gifts onto fetuses in utero so given the art of dancing and beauty and kindness and look anyone remember sleeping beauty that's what i think these ones come from basically Or sleeping beauty comes from these stories it's in the folk tales they're like they are good fairies but don't cross them because they also have the power to do bad things and curse you which is obviously exactly what happens in sleeping beauty so in all the creatures, they have multiple sides to them. They're very they're very shifting. They cross over a number of stories and they can be good or bad, depending on kind of how welcome your presence is or how you treat them. Um, the word Xana actually comes from the Roman goddess Diana, uh, the goddess of the hunt. So that's they you find kind of quite a lot of their words have come from Roman and, and Greek culture into that as well. Yeah. But, but obviously mixed with the Slavic languages, it sort of sounds a little bit different. So these are the witches and and the the good fairies. We've also got multiple versions of vampires. There is no sort of one source for vampire stories or character types, but the two most common are the um, Strigoi, which are troubled spirits that are said to have risen from the grave, um, they transform into animals, they become invisible, they gain their vitality by drinking blood of their victims, mm-hmm. but they are also sometimes known as witches, they are also sometimes flying bird women who suck blood. Mm-hmm. But this this word um, strigoi is present in all the Romance languages and it always means some kind of sinister blood-sucking woman. Striga itself means scream in Romanian so there's a lot of kind of common words um, in different uh, european countries for that and then similar to the strigoi is the moroi um and the moroi is a type of vampire or ghost in romanian uh, folklore
0: Does
1: I say romanian yeah. Yeah. <laughs> romanian folklore <laughs> I'm Ramonian. Um, I <laughs> so some versions, they're a phantom of a dead person that leaves their grave to draw the energy from the living. Mm. So if you've seen what we do in the shadows, it's a bit like the energy vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also sometimes Sorry. the Morai are the offspring of Strigoi. So it could be two Strigoi or it could be an incubus vampire that has impregnated a woman that would then give birth to a Moroi. So they're sort of they're similar, but they have different stories around them as well.
0: These are gross too. Yep.
1: In history, yeah. in Orion folklore, people with red hair and grey eyes would have been thought of as vampires and they would have been hunted and killed. <laughs> oh,
3: Jesus. <laughs> in the um in the village, no. a lot of the houses have like tons of bulbs of garlic like hanging yeah. from the doors yeah. and stuff. Which I think um I think I was in Lithuania once and they had giant bulbs of garlic hanging from under the bridge because they were Apparently, the superstition was vampires used to come down the river, and it was a way to sort of ward them off. Uh, I guess they could just get out of the river. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Is it? I like those little details thrown into mm. the into the game.
1: Yeah.
3: In um in so there
1: are there are accounts of suspected vampirism as early as sixteenth uh, century, kind of around Serbia and so forth. And one of the things listed, amongst all the other stuff, like decapitate put a stake through their heart turn them so they're face down in their grave so when they wake up they walk into hell but there is a garlic thing but it says yeah right because they
0: can only go forwards
1: yeah (laughs) put a clove of garlic under their tongue was the garlic recommendation at that time which is obviously just evolved so they don't like garlic but uh, yeah yeah that was that specific one we've got um we've got werewolfy things as well so the varkalach um eats flesh particularly livers Uh, rather than drinking blood
0: nice with garlic
1: so they are also sometimes (laughs) called vampires as well but etymologically the word is closer to werewolf it comes from the greek uh, vokalikos and the greeks um, have a really strong tradition of this actually in in their stories Um, they believe that a person could become a vodkalakos after death due to leading basically a sacrilegious way of life um, they could be excommunicated or if they're buried on, on consecrated ground. Or if they eat the meat of a sheep which has been wounded by a wolf or a werewolf.
0: Ah, so, so maybe that's where that comes from, that that um, idea of the, the bite contamination.
1: Yes, the bite contamination probably comes from the Greek werewolf stories. They were quite mm-hmm. big on it. Um, they also believe that this particular creature would knock on the doors of houses and call the name of the residents, And if it doesn't get a reply the first time, it will pass on without causing any harm but if someone answers the door then they'll die a few days later and become a, another Vakalakos um and for that reason there's a superstition in certain Greek villages that you never answer the door until the second knock just in case it's one of them wow um sometimes the Vakalach can be described as being something closer to a goblin but there's another version which is sort of pure wolfy which is the Prikolic it's always wolf-like. That's um, a great name as well. Bricolich. Brickle.
0: It's one of those words you might shout at it if it kills all your friends. <laughs> yeah, you, Bricolich. You,
4: Brickle-itch.
1: <laughs> Um But what is interesting is, again, they, they are werewolves. They're like pure werewolves in life. But when they die, they can return as vampires. But they still look like werewolves. So that's, that probably gives rise to the legend of vampires turning into wolves and dogs and owls and bats and anything basically that hunts nocturnally yeah. um, they can turn into. So yeah. I, I say with all of those, they kind of switch between different versions of things we might think, like witch vampires, vampire werewolves, werewolf goblins, fairy witches. Um, they move around a lot. And I think another interesting thing maybe to know about, if you want me to carry on, I've got another couple of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just worth saying that like, the reason we're talking about this is because a lot of it is clearly borrowed from these yeah, yeah, European yeah. Uh, folklore and, and fairy stories. And and you know, one of the really wonderful things about this game, certainly for me, was the design and incorporation of these kind of legendary monsters, basically. And 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 like Luke said, I mean, I sort of saw a lot in these little shrines in everyone's house.
3: You yeah, see that mm.
0: in a lot of the world, and also Mother Miranda, who is similar to these kind of like flying witches, mm. you've describes, is also presented like uh, the Madonna, which is what you call it in like Italian and South America, which is the mother and child, like uh, Mary and the child, in mm. all, in all of the. So it's almost like it's so intriguing what you're saying because it is that it's that that hybrid between something nasty and something that is protective Mm -hmm. and even like the goat shrines and stuff
1: well exactly and and also you know you'll notice there is a hybrid of um this sort of rural folk culture and christianity because, you know, um, something like 98% of Romania uh, Romania is Christian, 80% are Orthodox. It's, the I think, the most religious country in Europe, although actually, like, officially it is, it is secular. Um, but you see, like, they just absorb the stories into each other. So you get very sort of witchy, vampiric Christian stories. I- I've got an interesting example of kind of, yeah, one, of the, one, one, one of the ways more. it's... Um, it's blended in. So in folk culture, Romanians believe that the earth is a disk, that it's flat, but they
4: catch it. What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, except a
1: bit different because um, they think that the other side of the disk is like a twisted mirror image of our own. Mm. And it's home to creatures down? called. Down, yeah. yeah, like the upside down. Yeah. Um, the Blasian. The oh. it means kind of gentle or kind-hearted ones, but in typical Romanian style, they can either be really good or really malicious. It's like, how do we know which one we're getting? Um, but they are uh, said to be short, anthropomorphic and sometimes having the head of a rat. So If you see any like rat children, that's where it's come from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they apparently fast throughout the year. And in order to, which is for the benefit of, you know, the humans on the other side. And in order to thank the um, the Blajin for that, the, on Easter, they, um, the Romanian people celebrate it. They call it the Easter of Blazin and they sort of thank them for living in isolation. And what they do is they eat dyed eggs and then the shells they put in the river and they let them flow downstream because rivers go out like the great world sea and that's where all the spirits flow when they're going to the afterlife yeah. so they feel like it's kind of an offering and a thank you to these creatures that sort of live between life and death but even that what they think is the souls go through the river they circle three times around the world o- ocean before they descend into yeah <laughs> descend into the afterlife um there are other kinds of folks that say the blashing or also just you know unbaptized children who passed into the afterlife they call, uh, they call this water the holy water of Saturday. And even now, um, people, Romanians will use the phrase, it's gone on Saturday's water, which means it is going to waste. Oh, yeah. And awesome. if they ever drink from a stream, they cross themselves first to make sure they're not drinking the soul of someone that has gone into the river that is on the way to the afterlife. So you hearing all of
0: this and like thinking about the village, because I I didn't look at any of these things before you've just shared them now. I'm like, they totally did their research on this.
4: I and drew say, from that. Like that,
0: yeah. even why is there a river going through in the middle of the village?
1: <laughs> um, pathway, pathway into the afterlife. Yeah. I've got a I've got a closing fact, which isn't necessarily about Romanian uh, culture, okay. but I can do it very quickly. It's very just quick. that in order to um, encourage people to take up the vaccine, uh, Bran Castle, which is the traditional kind of tourist home of Dracula, was opened up as a vaccine centre. People could just turn this, up yeah. unbooked <laughs> in May for free, and you get a little sticker with fangs on it. Interesting. Said, <laughs> because
0: you got pricked.
1: Because you got pricked, they said the idea was to wow. show how people got jabbed five <laughs> to six hundred years ago in Europe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> There you go. Well that that is that brings very well done, Tim. That was a yes. I mean, I feel yeah, like that, mate, that's awesome. made me just look at the game in another way, like another way again. I could tell that they've drawn from some stuff that I'd kind of got a vague knowledge of. Um I just yeah, think it's that,
3: great with it's
2: great with the Resident Evil games how they can draw from all of these different cultures and different things and yeah. kind of just explain it in the same way, which is that uh, it's oh, it's just because it's bioweapons. Um, Which kind of feels like Always sometimes It doesn't make sense Why are there vampires And werewolves in there It's like Bioweapons It's always a bioweapon We we learned that From
0: watching Doom The other day It's always a bioweapon It's always a bioweapon Yeah So I think that brings us Nicely to our ratings Of the game So uh, I'll go for All right Luke You go first What's your Out of ten
3: Well I've not finished it yet Okay Um, That's your caveat I will say That right now I'm absolutely loving it. Like I think it's uh it's not perfect, but it is so much fun and so engrossing and the silliness has won me over quite a bit. <laughs> they um they put enough of the the scariest stuff that I kind of prefer in there to to win me over. I mean, I'm sitting uh like a high eight, like a high or a low nine at the minute. Uh, but we'll see the ending might. Mm might crap the bed so we'll see
0: and for you Beth.
3: There he goes.
2: um yeah so i do want to play it again i do want to play it through from start to finish again just to fully settle on a score but at the moment it's close it's close to being perfect i'd put it i'd put a 9.5 there because oh, wow. you always have okay. these fears. you always have these fears going into a game especially a, a release from your favorite game franchise where you're just mm-hmm. like please be good and it's almost like please be good but also please be amazing please be scary <laughs> and it kind of has it has lived up to all of those expectations and even though there are sort of minor disappointments with certain things it's almost like you can over overlook them based on the fact that mm. we've got so much as we have uh so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna play it play it through again but at the moment i feel like it's a 9.5 it's one of those games that i can't i couldn't stop thinking about it when i was playing it through mm. uh even now i'm sort of going back and going to do a lot of the challenges and find a lot of the treasures and stuff so i feel like it's got a replayability um is it your favorite or how does it sit in your favorite i don't know if it's my favorite because this is the thing they are all so different and i like them for different reasons so like sure sure i love this world and it's amazing but at the same time nothing beats raccoon city for me nothing beats (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> like exploring Raccoon City because it's like a nostalgic thing as well, especially with the remakes two and three. Yeah. It's two of your favorite games ever to be remade so well. Um, in in terms of like the modern, the modern um aesthetics and everything.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and you but, guys actually on the horror hangout did a, like a whole uh, episode where you chatted through like the resident evil games and some other i think it was doom yeah. as well wasn't it yeah it was
2: specifically horror if you want to hear what i was
4: like did we yeah <laughs> i listened to it
0: you did a whole <laughs> video did. game special which was basically resident evil and doom i think <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah i was waiting for all these other horror games it was just like three games.
3: <laughs> outlast outlast must have been in there soma maybe soma
0: I don't. What remember I literally remember like three big franchises, but mate, I don't know. Yeah. It was a while yeah. ago that I listened to that. We'll have to do um, a follow up
2: and discuss more horror games. Yeah, more
0: horror games because yeah there's, yeah, there's lots that I've played that are just like just really different to this that I do enjoy. I um, so, so for me, there, my yeah, yeah, Very for good. sure. And um, for me, like as someone who's not really played these games before. I would rate this quite high as well. Uh, the yeah, the the things that Ben's touching on, which I won't spoil, did let it down a bit in terms of story and stuff later on. But so I'd probably give it an eight point five. So I think it's like a really good, really good yeah. game. Yeah. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so all we've yeah. got to say to you guys is, um, don't piss off any demons when you go walking in the forest.
3: Yeah, Trauma I mean, don't, do, don't actively try and piss the demon off.
0: Well, don't yeah. don't accept gifts and then take a cog off a horse's face. <laughs>
3: yeah. I think
0: that's the main thing we learn in the opening scene of the...
3: uh a look of
1: cog horse in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you did, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
3: um.
0: <laughs> so um, just really quickly before we wrap up, uh, where can we find Horror Hangout?
3: on all of your favorite podcast apps uh just search horror hangout i think we'd we'd probably i think we're the only one there might be another one i'm not too sure um or just search, go to twitter or wherever search the hawk and cleaver which is our kind of production uh our story studio name so you find mm-hmm. our other podcasts as well follow me on twitter at lukov Condor condo condo with a k mm-hmm. and Ben. At yeah, yeah. Ben underscore. Sorry, <laughs> you go. Uh, yeah, I'm.
2: I'm. Ben underscore Errington on pretty much everything. You'll be able to find me. Wicked.
0: And we'll link to all your things in our show notes as well, just in case that was too quick for you or you couldn't be bothered to write it down. Um, thank you so much, Ben and Luke, for joining us. Uh, and yeah, it's been an Thanks, absolute guys. pleasure. And also check us out on Horror Hangout as well. We had a very, very yeah. funny, funny conversation <laughs> about <laughs> it which I highly recommend. Um,
4: <laughs> it was Definitely. really fun. Definitely
0: um yeah and thank you for listening um if you haven't already done it please please subscribe uh we are also on all the places where you get podcasts um and please what really helps is if you do listen on apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review it just really helps get us up those charts uh which is really important for independent podcasts do the same for horror hangout too Um, Yeah, and also what we're really looking for um, as we move into it being non-lockdown is you recommending stuff to us that we can play with other people in real life. So any good? We're we're London based. So any good street games? Uh, any any good event games? Uh, board games? Things that, that we've been missing out because we've been all digital we, because it's been locked down. We're
1: just so bored of playing with ourselves. need <laughs> 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 <We're just, laughs> <really laughs> to play with someone else now.
0: And on that note, we'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're close.